Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I've bitten a penny. I will buy the stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Thursday pre-market prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkan, and Dennis Dick with you for the next uh, hour and change. Uh, today looks like it's going to be one of those days uh, that reminds me of, you know, those like those like amusement park rides where they like bring you up slowly and then they drop you real fast, right? That's what today, I don't know what there's a called, the sky drops, whatever they're called. That's what today is looking like this morning. We've got a lot of news, a lot of the good doesn't seem to matter. We've got earnings. We've got some drug headlines, some COVID drug headlines. We've got a GDP number this morning uh, that's expected to be better than last quarter's print. Doesn't really matter. We're down here. Uh, we've been leaking for the entirety of the morning pretty much. I don't know if we're actually uh, down yet or if we're just back to scratch here, but uh, it's not shaping up to be a super positive morning. We've got two guests on our docket for today, Mark Chaikin will help us make sense of this at, at 8.15. And then at 9, this is going to be a follow-on, Dennis. I think you should stay stick around if you can. We've got Mike Franz coming on the show. He is a listener of our program, uh, and he, he trades uh, stocks a, as a hobby. But his real thing is trading the election. Uh, he uses a site called Predict It. Uh, and which I'm sure some of you are, are aware of. And he is an active trader and market maker, uh, he says, in, uh, in the election prediction market. So we're going to talk about that and, and, and that entire market. So a lot to get to on the show, Joel. I'll throw it to you. How is the damage here? What's the damage? Uh, well, there's a couple ways you can look at it. Uh, one way you can look at it is, hey, we're only down a buck fifty. Not a bad night overall. But then you can look at the news that came out overnight. We'll recap that with Dennis comes on. And you got to look at that. We got the 331075. That's 48. We are 48 handles off the high. So that just tells you major overhead supply here. Um, on the downside, we could just look at the chart on the upper right. It, there's nothing in there. There's nothing in there down to uh, 3,200. There's some lows back at the uh, the end of September. Crude oil's certainly not helping things. They're helping oil stocks. That's down a buck 64 at 35.75. Perhaps break out of that long-term trading range. No one wants old gold either. Gold's down 670 at 18.72.5. Silver continues to move uh, lower towards 20 bucks. That's down 30 cents at 23. 0.055 and then bitcoin uh bitcoin's down 105 dollars uh at 13,275 that's kind of been holding in there i guess if you look at some of the other markets but uh triple d you you witnessed that rally last night and yeah. decline today it just kind of yeah. leaves a little pit in your stomach doesn't it yeah it really does and you know just to put it in perspective here so here is the overnight action i actually tweeted this out too but the overnight what we saw from the news we saw right around five o'clock positive headline breaks from regeneron on their antibody cocktail same one that trump got positive study shows that it's helping significantly um we can dive into details in a minute on that positive news from lily on their covid drug we know that their covid drug wasn't doing as well they had some positive news come out in a journal on it had novavax uk buying 60 million doses of their drug so lots of good news on the covid drug front you'd think that would help the market and it did and then you also 
had talks from Pelosi and the White House. So um, Dow Jones breaking that there's been talks between Pelosi and the White House on stimulus. So, I mean, you know, positive news on the drugs, uh, on COVID drugs, check. Stimulus, check. We had an M&A merger. We had a merger here this morning, you know, check. So, you know, we're getting the earnings actually have been pretty darn good. A lot of companies beating. And we get a significant rally overnight, which you would think we would. After all that, you know, the big sell-off yesterday, we're like, this is going to help. And we're up 50 handles and everything's looking good. And then the leak. The leak started in the middle of the night. Europe opens, continues to leak, 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 leak. And not only do we get back the 50 handles, we are now in the red. So market gets everything that it kind of wanted. And it just sold it. And you can just tell there's an overhead supply issue here. Major overhead supply. What do we mean by that? There's so many people caught long. And they're using every rally to sell. And they came in with their selling shoes on. And they have not stopped selling here this morning. So that's ugly. The good news is you have a major support level coming up. The bad news is it's 60 points lower. I just tweeted 65 points lower, but we just dropped another five points. So it's now only 60 points lower. 3,200 S&P absolutely enormous that's where we bottomed end of july that's where we bottomed in september that's where we hope we're going to bottom here if we get down there this time i mean we've come this far why not test it so i've got my 3200 buying shoes on i will add some stocks to my portfolio at s p 3200 i hope it bounces there there you go that's the summary <laughs> okay. Seven minute summary uh, and, well, of the markets. Also, though, you, you you didn't mention Dennis. Uh, we did set a record for new COVID cases yesterday in the U.S. So, and that's been the issue. I mean, we've known that's you know obviously been the issue that's been driving us down. We've got fear that they're going to take extreme measures. I mean, if Biden gets in, do we have extreme measures? I think it a lot depends on the election. Trump gets in, there's no way they're doing a you know a mass you know federal shutdown. But who knows if Biden gets in? I mean, Biden is wearing a mask and he's scared of COVID. So you don't know. The unknown of the election comes into that there as well. So lots of unknowns for the market. The market doesn't like unknowns, and that's why we continue to see every rally get sold. So selling the rip is working very well. Buying the dip, uh, not so much. I, I mean, I look at that 3,200, and that, that may be like a, a, a little bit of a, a stopping point, but I... I couldn't. I mean, for a, it's trade, a big level, yeah, it's a big. Are we level. getting there? Are we getting there? We're we're sixty handles away. Are we getting a thirty-two hundred? Because then you could short it, and you know, and you got a sixty-point trade there. Do you think we get there? I do. Today, I mean, I don't know today, but do you think? I think we've come this far. Maybe we're going to chop it, but within the next few days, I think we test thirty-two hundred. We've just come so far. At least, I mean, I, so I mean, it's hard to be a buyer. And I think a lot of technicians may be looking at the same thing. It's hard to be a buyer when we're sitting at 3260, when you can see that huge level that everybody else is looking at, it kind of acts like a magnet. So I, I don't know. I don't think I'm jumping in here and buying this morning because I can see 3200 coming. I bought some stocks yesterday. Well, I didn't buy some stocks. I added some cues to my retirement account, um, but that was it. I added a little bit of cues to my retirement account, nibbling in. But at thirty two hundred, I think I'd be a buyer. Are you going to be a buyer at thirty two hundred? Uh, I'm pretty. I'm just. I, I'm not buying anything. Don't done buying. buying. You I'm own everything. Buy. Yeah, you I mean, I, I'm not. You're, you're. You know, I'm. You're. You're a little bit higher cash. No, I just. I just want to ride. I just like the next three or four months out. 
the next three or four days, you know, I, there's just a lot. There's just the COVID, there's the election, there's a reaction to the uh, election. There's just, you know, and I've, and I've, and I don't want to overstate it, but it's just like, man, oh man, oh man, I wish things would, would calm down in a lot of different fronts. And, and I just don't think that's going to happen, but let's, you know, we could, we could predict, we could look at levels, we could say, but let's just, let's talk about stuff that we have, finite information on and we can analyze for our listening Wait, audience. And, Dennis, and- I'm curious I'm curious about Dennis here. You, you you said you had I forgot the number now, 204 trades yesterday, but that was that was midday, I think. So that was a yeah, I don't know where I ended up. I'm sure I ended up at three. Did you climb out? Did trades. you get a little green on the yeah, I ended up green. Yeah, I, I climbed out of the hole. It was a battle, but I did get out of the hole there. So I battled hard all day. Uh, yeah, I think I, it was probably ended up over 300 trades yesterday. So I did a lot of trading. So, I mean, buy and dip, sell reps, buy and dip, sell reps, you know, individually. But, you know, also I'm, I'm doing the ARP, right? So I mean, when stuff overshoots, I'm selling it short. When stuff, you know, obviously comes down to my levels or, you know, to you know where I want to be or where it's away from the index too much, I buy it. So, you know, it's it's different. It's not like your normal retail style. You got to have a lot of you know, a lot of margin, <laughs> at least or you got to have a prop account to be able to do stuff like that. Well, I, I'm just curious, like what you were thinking or doing, like into the close yesterday, because Joel and I were on. It was pretty quiet until about three thirty. Three. Well, I'll tell you, you know, and- so I positioned myself overnight. And I bought Apple overnight, like at the close. I bought Apple at the close. I bought Facebook at the close. I bought, who was reporting? I bought a pile of stocks that were reporting tomorrow at the close, like Activision Blizzard, Penn Gaming I bought at the close. I bought Spotify at the close. All these stocks got bid up significantly after hours. I got out of them all. So um, that's just the alpha, extracting the alpha from that trade that I've talked about for a long time. I mean, even you look today, like look at Apple. Yep. Trading up. It's up almost a buck. The market is trading down. There's 0.8% if you're relative to SPY on that. Even if you put it on versus the Qs, you're still making money. So, I mean, I do that trade. I buy stocks. Sometimes you do it earlier, though. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes a couple. Did, yeah. I always say about two days earlier. And then this one, you tie because I, I was waiting for you to, because there's just a, all the big boys are reporting today. Yeah, so and- I bought all and I bought them all. I bought them all and I was able to sell most of them after hours. I didn't buy Twitter because I knew Pinterest would move it. I actually got lucky on Facebook because I bought Facebook at the close and I I knew Pinterest could move it, but I didn't think Pinterest was going 30%. Oh my so, God. I mean, I got lucky that that didn't work against me. So I benefited. I was able to make some pretty good money on Facebook because Pinterest went up 30%. Maybe we should go talk about that in a second. Um, but, you know, that's I'm doing all kinds of different strategies. Pro- I'm probably employing a couple of dozen different types of strategies, you know, index arbitrage, extracting alpha from you know prior to events the stuff i talk about on the show all the time so and when you see the vix go over 40 all those inefficiencies are just bigger so i'm usually going to make more money and i probably would have had a fantastic trading day yesterday if not for my bias the night before and i was fighting that bias the whole day and i ended up green but you know it would have been probably a really good trading day if i hadn't you know stayed unhedged on the long side but i, I bet you back. i bet you got hedged last night Oh yeah, I'm hedged. <laughs> I learned the hard way there. Oh yeah, I was hedged overnight for sure. So, so yeah. So I mean, let's go over to some of these earnings. I yeah, mean, we got, we got a merger too, earnings. but maybe Pinterest is the stock of the day. Because who the hell thought that this was going up thirty percent? I mean, that's just Jeremy Newsom. Get go, Jeremy. Yep. 
Go ahead, Spencer. I mean, it already had the move, and it's been another one here this morning, or I guess yesterday, because they reported yesterday at 4 o'clock. Uh, their Q3 adjusted EPS, $0.13 cents versus a $0.02 cent estimate, so they blew it away. Sales of 4.42 versus $3.77 million, so they blew the sales away as well. Uh, just a rock star quarter uh, yeah. for Pinterest. Let me see how that compares to uh, prior qu- man e- quarter over quarter, year over year. I mean, they're killing it. They blew it away. Blew it away. They're killing it, and they're not. They're and they're firing on all cylinders. Is it worth thirty percent more today than it was yesterday? I mean, this is ridiculous. But this is the market that we're in. Nothing. Everything goes anywhere. Like price goes anywhere on stocks. You, you know, you saw Tupperware going up thirty percent yesterday. You saw Hog going up thirty percent. So every day we get a stock that goes up thirty percent. Pinterest <laughs> is the stock of the day. I mean, the the pricing inefficiencies are all over the place here right now. Nobody knows how to price anything. Liquidity is lower because obviously you've got more volatility. Market makers are a little more hesitant to say, oh, I'm going to step in front of a freight train after we watch, you know, what happens with Hog, after we watch what happens in Pinterest, after we watch what happens in Topperware, TUP. So, you know, it's hard to just come in here and say, I'm going to sell 20% up because this is overdone. Yeah, sure. It's probably overdone at 20%, but it goes up 30%. So they start going in one direction. They can continue to go. Um, and they punish the straddle writers in those cases. So I don't know where, you know, I, I, would I be a seller of this if I owned it? Yes. Am I shorting it here up 31%? No, because these things can just get silly and it already has got silly. So it's tough. Stocks making new all-time highs. I definitely don't want to be short them. Uh, see, I'll just give you the pre-market high and then you guys can do what you want with that. We snuck over 66 Two different occasions here. We just did that on the last bracket. So as of 8.15 a.m., I will say, you know, potential resistance there. Maybe you got a seller at 66, but uh, the way this thing's been going. Actually, 66.45, you got up to between 7 and 7.15, and then you just got uh, you just got to 66.40. So um, there you go. That's a, that's a potential target. We're going to bring Mark on now. Mark is here. Mark Chaikin is the founder of Chaikin Analytics, longtime market veteran, joins us every other week. Mark, good morning. Um, what do you think about all this? Oh, Pinterest. I have to say that two weeks ago, I mentioned some advisory firm in Chicago that had bagged their people in Fastly. Well, all their people are long Pinterest from 25 bucks. So well, they're, they're right this morning. They are very right this morning. Uh, Pinterest is, you know, in a world by itself. In general, it's been a, a sell the news earnings season. So I think this is an outlier. As you know, Microsoft reports great numbers and it sells off, admittedly, in a day where the market is going down. But um, I think we got to be looking at the U.S. dollar if we want to understand the U.S. market, the stock market. About 2.27 in the morning, the dollar bottomed out and started to rally. And that's exactly when the futures topped out and started to drop. The, so Mark and inverse, inverse I want to the dollar and the and the S and P chicken and the egg here though because I watch currency very closely as well and I watch that U.S. dollar and the futures start to roll over. Do you think the currency leads it or do you think that the S and P futures lead it? Because I will tell you, on any given day, you see S and P futures getting smacked. The U.S. dollar is going up because it's a safe haven. So chicken and the egg there. What comes first? Well, I think the economy comes first. And uh, Dennis, you've got the European economy double dipping into a recession with lockdowns. And you've got the US economy a lot stronger right now. 
And that itself would speak to strengthen the dollar versus the euro. Uh, and I bow to your higher knowledge of the currencies. I speak at a very top level. Don't want to get into the weeds. That's your domain. But uh, there is a definite inverse relationship, whether For it's sure. one than the other. But if you tell me the dollar is going to be down tomorrow, I'll tell you the stock market's going to be up. Yeah, there is. And that's a perfect way to put it. It's the inverse relationship. We'll never, maybe we'll never know the chicken and the egg and what <laughs> came first, but maybe it doesn't matter. As long as you know that inverse relationship, that is what matters. So, Donald Trump came first. You know that. he t- Donald Trump came he first. Comes Actually, first Fauci ever. came first 500 years ago, apparently. That's right. So. He looked very, Fauci looked very tired last night. They had him at the University of Melbourne. I hope that means Florida and not Australia, but maybe he'd be better off in Australia where, <laughs> than Florida right now. So what are your thoughts here overall? Yeah, I mean, Mark, we, when we had you on a couple of weeks ago, you that you had that bull hat on. You had it on firm and tight, and I tried to knock it off your head a little bit, but you you, you dug in there. You're, you're, I think, what was your level? 3,300 or 3,200? 3,200. If we close below a 10% correction, which we could do today, or I, I don't know what the effect of the GDP numbers and the unemployment numbers are going to be. But um, that's my level. We've got a couple of numbers that are indicative of what you've been talking about. VIX over 40. And 99% of the stocks in the triple Qs were down yesterday. Uh, According to Tom McClellan, that's a big uh, sort of washout kind of day. It didn't work in March, but it works most of the time. So I'm looking for a bounce here into the election, uh, assuming that we hold 3,200. I th- I'm still looking at tech stocks where you've got a proven earning stream looking forward. Uh, you will have your first buying opportunity in FedEx since the July breakout. So uh, there's, there's some opportunities. If you look at a FedEx chart, it's been above the upper Keltner band, and I'm sure it's been above the Bollinger band quite a bit. No chance to buy it. Here's your chance. As you know, this is my poster child for the bull market. This is my bellwether. So you look at a daily chart on FedEx. <clears throat> excuse me. And, and what do you? Your first buying opportunity in um, six months. What do you make of the UPS action? Because there was a, a stock that had a pretty good report here too. And, you know, we knew it was a crowded long. I actually tweeted that it was crowded long before it, which is why I took it short into the report. Um, the only reason I took it short into the report, because I thought they were going to beat, but I thought that they were going to hit it even if they beat. Um, stocks down 20 bucks from where it was trading just three, four sessions before the earnings on a good report. Does that scare you at all? Uh, the two have not necessarily been correlated. It took UPS a long time to catch up to FedEx and FedEx has a bullish rating in our model. UPS doesn't. So there are some underlying fundamental factors that are working in FedEx's favor. Uh, But this is my old economy, new economy stock, and it's your first chance to buy it on a dip since July breakout. So um, these are the stocks I'm looking at to take advantage of, of this volatility. Uh, I will tell you, and we talk about this a little bit, that part of these wild moves are the fact that uh, big money went long volatility uh, surrounding the election. We know that. And the dealers are short volatility. So when VIX started to move up above 25, the dealers had a scramble. And 
you also had the gap, what they call the gamma trade, where the dealers are now in a position where they need to push the market around to readjust their positions. And that means pressure on the S&P. So part of this is the new reality in the market that dealers and vol make a difference. But when you're in a market that you don't understand, because most traders don't get into the weeds on that, you just look at the technicals. And as long as the technicals hold up on some of these stocks, and they are breaking down on some key stocks below our long-term trend lines, stocks like Adobe, Amazon just barely hugging it, and so forth, you go with the fundamentals. So I'll go to the three that we've been buying, Lowe's for the building boom, FedEx for old economy, new economy, Best Buy, and another name we mentioned last time, First Solar. First Solar had a spike yesterday up 15% initially on a huge earnings beat. This is a stock that traders and investors have been buying based on a Biden victory and a blue wave sweep. And in the last debate, Biden said, we're gonna de-emphasize fossil fuel and re-emphasize alternative energy. So the solar stocks have been on fire and first solar is the poster child for that. So I add that to the other three and those are the four stocks I'm looking to have in my portfolio from a, an investment point of view. So, so Mark, uh, I'm curious what your power gauge is saying about the broad-based indices, whether it's the, the, the S&P, the NASDAQ, the Russell, whatever. I mean, ha- assuming they've been bullish this entire time, has that rating changed at all? Good question, um, Spencer. The power gauge turned neutral on the S&P about a week and a half ago. It's remained bullish on the triple Qs. It's bullish on all the technology funds, XSW, which is software, semiconductor, and the broader base technology ETFs, XNTK and XITK. So a technology across the board stands out as the place to be. Uh, but the S&P has had a neutral power gauge rating and that's broken uh, our long-term trend line significantly. So uh, there is a big difference when you look between the indices. So to you, what is this bout of volatility? Is it just nervousness ahead of the election or is it something else? Well, it's, it's always something else. Uh, I think it's <laughs> an awareness that the... Uh, co- you can trace this all to Mark Meadows' comment um, in that 20-minute CNN interview where he said, well, we're not going to do anything to control the pandemic. And then you tack on the statement yesterday that we've one of the big accomplishments of the Trump administration is they've controlled the pandemic. So people are starting to realize who have their uh, trigger on the buy or sell button that the pandemic is with us for a long time and the current administration is not going to do a bloody thing to change that. And this is not a political statement. This is science talking. Yeah. So I think that, you know, that awareness took a lot of the steam out of obviously the reopening trade, if you will. And we're now in a situation where the, all the Fed liquidity is not quite enough. I think the one thing we've learned is that the consumer can be, can be and stay healthy without another stimulus package. There's been too much hand-wringing about a stimulus. We're going to get one in January. The, we've already gone from July to 
almost November with no stimulus when the supplemental unemployment ran out. And the consumer's in really good shape. They're buying houses. There aren't enough houses. So home builders are another area I'd be looking. Home building IHB was the uh, best performing ETF that wasn't completely defensive yesterday, down only about 1%. And some of the home builders were up. So I think we've got a mixed bag. You've got the volatility around the election. You've got the uncertainties about COVID containment. You, you certainly know that in Europe, they're not containing it and they're locking down. So Europe is gonna have a double dip recession. And you know all those awarenesses on top of dealer positions, which force them to chase the market on the downside to balance their positions mean volatility. Yeah. All right. It'll be something to watch here, Mark. Next time we speak, it'll be after the election. Hopefully we'll know the winner by then. Mark Jenkins is the founder of Jenkins Analytics. Uh, good luck out there, Mark. And uh, yeah, get out and vote, folks. Yep, that's no matter who you're voting for, get out and vote. This is the most important election of my lifetime. All right. Have a good one, Mark. I feel like we, yeah. say, that every, we say that every four years, but this time, uh, yeah, this time Mark, we need it. Right this, this, yeah, this time we need it. This time we need it. This time. Yeah. All right. Vote early, vote often. 826 guys we're gonna get gdp in four or yeah just over three minutes now um so be mindful of that uh i can give you a quick preview of that number. and it's gonna matter today because you got the vix elevated and they're looking for information so normally this doesn't move the markets that much it'll be a market mover today i'm predicting that so you're you're looking for a gdp print of 32 percent in the third quarter uh remember that the reading, the revised reading from Q2 was down 31.4%. That was after a couple of revisions. And also remember that this is an annualized figure. It doesn't actually represent the true measure of economic growth or, or contraction in the quarter. Uh, it's projected out over the entire year. If you were to uh, take that 31% down reading from Q2 and and deannualize that, it would actually come out to uh, a 9% drop for the quarter quarter over quarter uh if the estimate of 30 what is it 32 percent there are several estimates but that's kind of the midpoint there if that estimate is right that would mean an eight percent quarter over quarter gain in the u.s economic activity so 32 percent is what we're watching for the annualized print that's the number that everyone has on their radar and we'll see in about two minutes whether or not we beat that number all right, you want to sneak in another uh, another yeah. earnings report? Yeah, here? Let's, let's do Overstock real fast before the before. Okay, the I'm gonna go trade the number. You yeah. guys go the okay. Overstock, same story as Pinterest, completely blew it away. Fifty cents versus a twenty three cent loss estimate. Sales also beat seven hundred and thirty one million versus five hundred and eighty million. Overstock Big beat for Overstock. Big beat. Big beat and survey says. We're trading up. We're trading up nearly 10 bucks. Uh, Sleepy has had a big sell-off and then long consolidation. Uh, big move for it. Where are you trading at? You're trading at 8184, right? Uh I don't see much there. I mean, uh, this is uh what I'll do. I'll draw a little line in here just just because there's so many highs here in this area. I'm not gonna do the top one. But where does this come in here? This all these highs right here. Uh, 85 bucks, 84 and a half, 85. I mean, 
You do have the one outlier when it went uh, to 87.76, but man, it was a little bit of a top here. So I don't think I could chase it up here, you know, buying it at 81, hoping to flip it out at 85 right now. A little bit of a seller at 82, but that that's the big resistance uh, for me today if the rally continues. And then also, you guys know what I'm going to do now. I'm going to look at uh, this is when you absolutely had to own the stock and it fell out of bed and your 50% retracement is still up there closer to 95. So still some room on the upside for the retracement. So 85, 95 longer term. And uh, right now, sellers at 82. Support just under 78. You can tell from the pre or I'm sorry, 76, but uh, you'd be buying it on decline if it got that low. But we'll keep these numbers up here to see if the rally can continue right. in overstock. Let's go to the SPs here. GDP, here we go. Here, um, standing by for some numbers. Standing by live. Let's go to a one minute chart. You guys know I never go to a one minute chart, but if we get a little bit of action here. Uh, oh, we also got jobless claims for whatever that's worth. That was better. Than, that was lower than expected, so that's a good sign. But GDP, oh, I see the release out. Someone make it easy for me and post the number so I don't have to go there myself. Uh, GDP first read <laughs> from Ranger Rick Santelli, and he what he's saying? Not much. Spoos are just unch, man. Look at that, unchanged. Come on, let's I, do I, something. I don't think it's out yet. No, it's not out yet. We're at unchanged. Pre-market low comes in at 55.75. Your last after-hours print was up at uh, 32.74.75. But, man, oh, man, nothing yet. Jobless claims fall 40,000 to 751,000. So we got a little bit just bad battle out. Someone's trying to get out at unchanged. There we go. There we go. 33.1% is the quarter is the annualized GDP gain for Q3. Remember 32% gain was the number. So slightly better than expected again on the annualized Q3 GDP. We'll have to go actually look into the report and see what areas of the economy uh, are responsible for that gain. Um, so a, a slight beat, uh, I guess, quarter over quarter, that comes out to approximately uh, a little over 8%, um, little over 8% or yeah. around 8% quarter up quarter over quarter, but 33% uh, gain on an annualized basis uh, for GDP in the third quarter. Remember, 32% was the estimate. Uh, so better than expected GDP, better than expected jobless claims. Joe, how are we looking here on the? Front? I mean, we do. We're we're really we can't get over. We can't get green on this. Uh, uh, Sixty three fifty was your close. That was kind of a. It was a weak close. Uh, they popped it up to seventy four seventy five um, after hours. That was your last hours after hours print, and you rallied from there. But it, I don't know. I don't have a book open here, but it doesn't look like someone wants to move at sixty three fifty, and uh, that was your closing price from yesterday. So keeping an eye on that. Really, no movement off this number. Well, yeah, I couldn't have been more wrong. I thought we're going to give you <laughs> volatility. And I was predicting volatility, like a big move. And this was like, it like actually SP started to move less. It was hard moving around more before the numbers. So we have not moved. We've been in a two point range since this report. I was like waiting for a trade, waiting for a trade. Okay. Which way are we going? Which way are we going? Which way are we going? And we go nowhere, nowhere. 
So we're still sitting here at the same price. So I guess, you know, expectations were kind of right into where we thought we that go. they might be. There we go. We're perking Not up a little movement. bit. Yeah. Look, go, trying to go green here. They cleared out that seller at the close here. So now, now we got a little, little bit of a rally here. They cleaned up that guy at 63 and a half. So a little bit of movement now, but um, I don't know. Expectations, you know, we're lowered. We are green. We are 10 points off the low. So there you go. It, it uh, looks like we're going to have maybe have a little bit of a green open here. Uh, back up at 66 and a quarter. Let's, uh, we still got, did we even do, we got some big earnings that we still haven't covered. No, yet, we, haven't right? covered we haven't recovered. 278 companies Woo! reporting today. Obviously with the big guns last night, there really wasn't that many big guns, but today we are going to get them. We've already started to get them this morning, but we're going to get a lot more. Obviously Apple, Amazon, Facebook, Google, all big four tonight. But last you night believe we, they're all on the same night. I don't think they've ever done that. Like, I don't remember that. I don't remember a day where they were all in the same. I know day. that sometimes like Apple and Tesla ends up together and just a sneak preview. I know Raz is coming on tomorrow, uh, but we're going to have Harsh Kumar on uh, from Piper Sandler, uh, who uh, is an Apple analyst and follows some other big tech. So we got a busy day tomorrow. Uh, we're perking up here, though. Let's see. If, uh, yeah, let's try it. Market's trying here. Spencer, did we cover the price action in Regeneron off that or not? Did no. we? No. Let's go pick on a few stocks. One minute pick. each. One minute each. Regeneron, okay. Regeneron Joel. Uh, so they I, had to cocktail antibody. This was interesting. Actually, it's going to be more than a minute because I got a story here. But interesting. <laughs> when news breaks between five and six and the futures are closed, it sometimes doesn't price in immediately. And this came out and I was like, I bought a bunch of spy. And I'm like, I'm sitting here waiting. I'm like, this has got to pop the market. This has got to pop the market. And I was like, oh, the futures are closed. So I'm like, okay, well, so then I just bought more. I had three, and then I, like a minute before the futures, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy more. I bought some IWM, bought some SPY. And it was a SPY seller. And I was like, I don't know what he's doing, why he's selling. So anyway, so I loaded up SPY and IWM. And then we opened at six o'clock, an hour after the news. And then we pop. So, and then the future started and, and we took off about 10, 12 handles. And we know eventually we started to rally up and we were up as much as 50 handles. But that Regeneron news really did pop it. It just took an hour because the futures are closed. So it's funny news breaking between five and six when the futures are closed it sometimes doesn't get reflected right away in in the price and you know obviously oh. you're predicting but there's a little bit of an edge there we're moving uh, now we're moving yeah that is nice give it some credits to the futures on that yeah one. they do yeah I usually dog them but <laughs> last night i was like this is crazy, but I. But think don't you hate that? Like when, the futures are closed. Yeah, when you see, when you see something, you oh, this you know, then you start to doubt, right? Whether. Oh yeah, doubting big time. I'm like, <laughs> am I on the wrong side of this trade? I'm loaded up pretty good. I'm going to get smacked around again. <laughs> so it did rally. It took it didn't, but I think a lot of other people must have loaded up too because we really didn't start rallying for a good. Like even when we opened at six, we popped a bet. But then there's people like me, you know, the people who take the first bite off the bone that are like, okay, I'll take my seven, eight points win here. And I should have probably held on. But, you know, we're rallying back here right now, though, on the SP. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they, they cleared out that seller at 63.50 and uh, keep going. Now we're back over that last after hours print. I'll have to see. Next target be mid range on the session, uh, but uh, yep, a little bit more than mid on uh, Regeneron there. But um, okay, Shopify, Shopify, uh, Shopify. Here this morning, they beat on their EPS, beat on their sales. Uh, what else did they say? 
Uh, the key numbers here, gross merchandise volume up 109% year over year to just shy of $31 billion. That's good news. Uh, gross payments volume up 126% year over year to $14 billion. I mean, this is a good report, too. I'd Shot. sell it. <laughs> um, this is uh, this has so much overhead supply up at 1100 and you're coming into it all, and I don't know where it got to. Oh, yeah, I'm looking at the pre-market chart just under 1100 um, so I wish I would have been looking at this earlier because I maybe be selling it higher than this. But I think this market, you know, yes, Shopify is a stock that's worked very well. If we go back in the lockdown, it's kind of the stock that you want to own if we're going back in the lockdown. But I don't know if we're going back in the lockdown. And there's just so many people sitting on so many profits and they've watched the profits go away in a lot of different stocks. And we've talked about Zoom. We talked about it yesterday saying, I don't know when it's going to get fast lead here, but it did yesterday. Zoom got hit pretty good. Um, so, you know, you had a tape that, you know, a news tape that would should, you know, be beneficial to Zoom, really, but they were smacking everything. So many people sitting on so many profits in Shopify and Zoom. I think you got to sell into the rallies. 1088. Uh, that's what you, you hit. And now you backed off $30 um, on that one. Uh, was it the day of the TikTok news yesterday or was it the day before? I think it was the day before. Uh, where they uh, partnered with TikTok, that that high was ten eighty eight. I mean, you're right back up. I mean, ten eighty eight to eleven hundred. You just have those highs here. You already backed off thirty point or twenty points off that. So I agree with you on that one. I don't know if it's going to give it all back, but uh, so far the pop has been sold. Oh, we should mention the M and A deal we have today. Yeah, big one. Uh, yep. Uh, I, man, the semiconductor space is so hot. For M&A. So Mar mm -hmm. uh, Marvel, uh, ticker MRVL, uh, is buying Infi, ticker IPHI. And this is a this is a complicated one because it's a it's a cash. And I've stuff. got my pen out. Yeah. So it's sixty six dollars in cash. Right. Plus two point three two three shares. Two point three two. Say it again. Yes. Two point three two three. Two point three two three. That's okay, so it's not going to be percent stocks percent. Here? It's Marvel, MRVL, and IPHI. Marvel is buying IPHI. Okay. So Marvel getting hit, as they often do with the acquirers. We know that. They hit AMD on it, and they decided they liked it, and they bought AMD on it, and it ended up being a selling opportunity. There's been no such rally for Marvel. I like Marvel. If Marvel was to get down to $33, I'd be a buyer of it. But it's a ways away from there. I still think the 5G story is intact. I think Marvel will benefit from that. I had Marvel at one time, and I sold it way too soon. I'd like to get my Marvel shares back. I'm not a buyer at 36 but down near 33 I would be. So I hope it comes down more, just so I can rebuy it. Yeah, just kind of hanging out near the pre-market low. If you're looking for a continued downside, first things first, take out 3578 and then, man, what do you got here? Uh, I see that one. I mean, a couple lows at 36, right? So I like that support. I don't think you see it. It's bounced off that. The double bottom there at 36. We'll see if that holds up for the session. If not, it does get kind of thin between 34 and 36. But that pre-market low uh, coincides with two other daily lows. That's kind of stuff I like to see. All right, I'm going to go a little bit uh, to the chat, but also cover a few more earnings. If sure. Is Twitter out yet? Twitter was scheduled for this morning, right? But I don't see him out yet. Um, tonight. They're on my calendar for this morning. Tonight. Tonight? Pretty okay. sure it's tonight. 
I don't know why I thought they usually report in the mornings. This is why they I, do, but I think that they, they, they want to go with the big boys tonight. So maybe they yeah. want to fly under the radar. I don't know if that's good news, but me and Joel still on Twitter. Um, I don't know the pin. The one problem you got here now for Twitter is the Pinterest just blew it away. So the bar for Twitter is like, and obviously Pinterest and Twitter aren't the same, but they move together. And so you're already getting a 6% left in Twitter here this morning off of Pinterest. So expectations are sky high for Twitter. And if they don't beat those sky high expectations, it could actually sell off on even a decent report. So caution really to the buyer up here, I would say, going into the report. I'm holding on to it. Me and Joel bought, well, you bought like this at like 18 or 20, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, a long time ago. Long, long time, time ago. ago. Yep. Like I, I bought it once down there and I sold it too soon, but I'm in from 32 on this one. So I'm going to hold on to it. I think I'm taking it through the report. I don't, I'd rather, I'd like to sell it, but. I got to hold on to some winners. So. Uh, just 52. Uh, you smacked up there a couple times at 52. And when it got up here two days ago, uh, I don't know if that was an analyst move or whatever. It was 51.51. So better hold, you know, hold up, get into that 52 handle and keep on going or else you could see a little, little, maybe a little profit taking ahead of the actual release. Of the, yeah. Cannot hold gains. We get a gain, you sell. That's the way this market is working here right now. It is selling first and asking questions later. I don't know when the tape goes back to just buying the dip, but right now they are full on sell the rip mode and they are selling every single rip that we get, including the rip that we just had. Yeah. The job. Yeah. Chopping around pretty good. I didn't see where the, I was looking at mid range here in the S and P's, but we didn't quite get there. That comes in at, 83 and a quarter. I was hoping we were going to see that, but I think we stalled and like uh, that last after hours print was uh, 74, 75. We just got to 77 on that. And what I mean by the last hour after hours print is the spoos trade for four to four fifteen. They shut down for four fifteen to four thirty, and then they trade for four thirty to five. And um, some people aren't afraid uh, to sling, uh, sling some contracts around then. So that 74.75 just got just above that area there. All right. I mean, I guess we can talk pen again today like you do every day, but they had earnings this morning. Yeah, let's talk pen. But I guess that gives us a reason, although we do discuss this one every single day, it seems like. Uh, they beat on their earnings. I'm not sure how much that matters, knowing uh, that the stock has been in, in the downtrend that it's been in. But it's a, it was a big earnings beat and a nice sales beat. More the numbers. Uh, 93 cents versus a 49 cent estimate. Well, that's nice. And uh, 1.13 versus 1.08 billion dollars. The bar is still sports, man. That's a good. That's why I want to be back in this eventually here. And I know I traded my pen for DraftKings, and that was a mistake. I would like to trade back here. And I don't know if I'm going to do it today, but I'm going to do it here eventually. I'm going to trade. I'm going to sell my DraftKings and rebuy my pen. So I'd love to get pen at 52 bucks, which is where I bought it originally. So it'd be just a nice scalp like to you know probably i'm at that time i'm probably going to sell out of DraftKings. so i'm going to trade my DraftKings for pen here eventually when it gives me the opportunity they faded that they faded it so far though uh we're two bucks off the high 59.50 so i think you're gonna have a hard time getting back up to that area the way you know you sold off some decent volume Fifty-three thousand shares have traded uh if i'm looking at support i'll look at the close from yesterday uh, that was at fifty five fifty nine, or yep, fifty five fifty nine. How close did we get to yesterday's high? Uh, well, we took that out by a good margin, fifty eight ninety one. But I still think 
you could use yesterday's. I still think that 58, 91, 59 ahead of the pre-market high. So so far the so far it's been uh, sell the pop on uh, Pen Gaming. All right, I'm looking at the chat here for some more tickers. Oh, here's one. Yeah, Teladoc. All right, uh, I talked this oh, one talk up a little bit yesterday uh, when I was on our, our our midday show with with Luke. Yeah, I, I was right. It was a good quarter. Uh, they they beat handedly on their earnings per share and on their sales numbers, um, though they are still not uh, profitable. They gave some guidance that I guess their Q4 guidance was wasn't amazing. I, it was in line with estimates, and they gave some some uh, full year guidance as well. That was a little bit better than that. This could have got real ugly and it didn't. So that's the good news here is that when that started going down, I looked at that report. I was like, man, this could be one that could get back 30 bucks, but it didn't. It gave back about, well, actually one time, I guess it gave back over 20. Yeah. So significant about 20 bucks that came off, off the original print. And then it's bounced back. So that's the good news. It has bounced back. I mean, there's a big merger here with LVGO, obviously. So that, you know, comes into play as well. Um, thickens it up to a certain extent because they have people like me who are willing to buy the Teladoc dip because I can sell all VGO really fast against it. So that helps a little bit when you got a deal on the table. It does mute the volatility to a certain extent from the risk herbs. Uh, but I mean, it's nice that it bounced back. So that's the good news. The bad news is you got all kinds of red supply at 230. Yeah, two thirds. It's kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's hard to make a trade on this. Yeah, I like this one. Last night I was thinking on a dip. We were talking about this uh, under two ten. You had a two ten low back uh, three sessions ago. Two other lows in this area. If you bought it at two ten, you're probably scratching your head when it went to two oh six. But uh, it turned out to be a good level. We're back at yesterday. We're in yesterday's range, I believe. Uh, yesterday's low was two twenty. 10 you're trading 22020 so if you're looking for a repeat of yesterday uh you got to you got to hold it off the open i don't know i don't think this is going to be too clean of a day in this thing i think you get a chance to buy this not anywhere near the pre market low but you might be able to buy this thing to 14 to 15 to 16 uh the way it whips around and no clear breakout until we clear 230 i want to go gilead here for a second uh this was not great so the, the, the earnings were fine, right? The backward-looking numbers were fine. Uh, the forward-looking numbers were not great. They narrowed their guidance, uh, their EPS guidance for the year, and, and they kept the bottom end of that range the same, but they just lowered the top end of their estimate by a dollar. And they said it was almost entirely due to remdesivir. They, they're seeing software demand uh, for, for their, their COVID treatment drug that, of course, Trump has, has taken and uh, we've gotten some good data from, uh, but they see software demand for that drug. And that was the reason that they essentially lowered wow. uh, the range there on their guidance. And they, they, they lowered the upward range by like a dollar, like I said. So not great from Gilead. The value trap that this stock is, and now you have people who are leaning on that 60, they're caught. You have people who bought it on that remdesivir data that's caught. You have people who are hoping that the earnings would bail them out and it's not doing it. The road to 50. I, that's my target on Gilead. I think it's going to 50 bucks eventually. So bearish. Yeah, just uh, off the pre-market low, uh, boy, you got just the monthly chart is telling the story here, right? Look at this, just lower Awful. highs. Look at that, lower Listen, highs yeah. going all the way back. So there's no good news coming. 
Yeah. I cannot uh, see the catalyst here unless they have some drug that we don't know that they're cooking up and it gets a positive headline because the drug company always get that, but I don't see the positive catalyst coming here. Earnings didn't bail them out. They're not interested in Remdesivir. This thing's got 50. It's going back to 2013 pricing, like literally going back seven years ago. This is how much of a dog the stock has been. I know it's got the 4.67% dividend and that is definitely, that's safe. I mean, the stock is still making a lot of money, but it's a value trap. So I don't know. At a certain point, you'll have some dividend protection that starts to give above 5%. You have yield investors are saying, I'll park there because I think the dividend is safe. And I do believe the dividend is safe. So maybe I'm going to park there too sometime. But I think it's going to 50. So I'm going to wait for that. Uh, a lot of support under 58. Someone definitely stepped up in the premium. They were patient. They didn't chase it. They just said, hey, you know, I want to buy this between 57, 59. That's a pre-market low and 58. And they were just patient. They didn't want to got a little pop over 58. What's the range from yesterday? Uh, range from yesterday, yesterday's low 58.07. The close will definitely be good resistance, and I wouldn't lean too heavily on the support, which was the low of the move at 58.06. All right, going back to our chat here, we're going to have our next guest on in 10 minutes or so. Um, okay, someone mentioned Chewy. Let's look at Chewy. Did they report? They had that news yesterday on, um, uh, for pets, um, yeah, online yeah, pet vir- health. Yeah, uh, virtual. Um, your your pet-, pet gets sick and you can go through Chewy right. and just call them up and they'll get you a virtual veterinarian online. Yep. That's why I popped. Wow. Teladoc style for Chewy. Good ideas, man. Management, just thinking, man. That's a great idea. So I don't know. This stock just keeps firing on all cylinders. I don't see any reason to get full on bearish yeah. anytime soon. Yeah, that's smart. Uh, yeah. Holding holding on from the, the gains from yesterday. Uh, close at the high of the session. Only one number to give you on the upside. Can we get to that old time high at 74.84? If it, you know, if it takes too long to get there and you chop, you chop, you chop, you chop, you might get a little bit of a fade. But that's what you want to see today. Big range yesterday, three day, you know, two strong days. See if we can get that follow through up to the old time high. And I believe it backed off that day that it made the old time high. So made a new old time closing high yesterday. So really good number there at uh, 7201. I'm curious how, how you would both approach Activision Blizzard today. So they report after the close. We're coming off a couple of good headlines from the gaming and the esports area. We have Microsoft uh, had good numbers from their Xbox unit. We had Sony. Uh, blown away on their PlayStation 5 pre-sales. Uh, so ATVI is, 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 I guess, the first of the major uh, gaming developers to report their light throw tonight, like I said. How would you guys approach this? It's really just gone sideways here for a while. I mean, I sold it just because I booked a gain. I was in from 50 because of Michael Pactor. The thing got made a new high there at 80 bucks. I thought that was going to stop out, and actually then it made new all-time highs. I'd be a buyer of a pullback if it gives it to you. I don't know. This is the kind of earnings season that you have good earnings. Their stock necessarily doesn't go up. They don't always go up on the good earnings. So I think the earnings are going to be good, though. It's just a matter of whether, you know, they sell off on good earnings like they have in a lot of cases. So hard one to predict. I'd be a buyer if this thing got down in the low 70s, but I don't think it's getting there anytime soon. And uh, Dennis gave you a potential support here. Um, man, this, this range between 82 and not quite 84, 
Uh, let's see what's the top of that range. 83.54. I mean, look how many times it got up in that area and just and failed. So there's a big old seller. It even got up there in September. So that there's a big target there. Someone wants out of a lot of stock between 82 and 83 and a half. So I'd be aware of that on a pop and on a drop. If things, if it gets through these lows at like 730 at 77, 75, you could uh, see some significant downside. Really tightened up. Yeah, it really has. Yeah. Trade the range there, but let's see those sellers over 82. And you could tell, and it was also support back in here, Mm -hmm. right? Old support, new resistance. That's just a, it's a big area moving forward for ATVI. What about Spotify here? I'm not, I'm not sure I understand, you know, the, the price action, not that I need to understand it, but uh, they had earnings this morning and, and the stock is down on, on their report. They missed on their EPS 68 cent loss versus 61 cent loss estimate sales uh, missed slightly as well. Uh, they gave some MAU numbers up 29% year over year. Just speaking from personal experience, when I was working at home, my podcast consumption was down like 90, 95%, right? Because I wasn't commuting every day. Um, so that's a good point. So, and, and maybe I'm not, maybe that's not normal, but I, I had thought that most people, they're, if you're not commuting, yeah. your podcast consumption will have gone down. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm it, not sure. It's a great point, Spencer. Um, that makes me, you know, cause you think, oh yeah, this is a, something that people do at home. Oh, I get a Spotify. I can't listen to music while I'm staying in lockdown. I'm sure there was a few of those people. Um, my, my wife being one of them, but you're making such a good point that did that overpower, you know, the fact that we're not commuting and people are listening to this stuff on their commute. So, I mean, that's probably a reason why that the earnings just weren't that great. They're hitting it. And rightfully so. I mean, they missed, they missed, so they should hit it. The MAUs were still up significantly, 29%, so the company's still growing. I, I'd i be a buyer if it got down near the 220 to 230 area, but that's a long ways away. I think you're going to find buyers earlier than that, though. So mm. I think you'll find buyers on the pullback. Trade right on the lows of the pre-market session here, and I would say 260 was one low. I'm looking at this one low at... Uh, at 257.32, I think if that doesn't hold, I think you're going to get a quick look at 250. So keep an eye, two bucks down from here. That's only one low in that area. And just under, like today, I think if they really gets going to the downside, you have one, two, three, four lows, uh, like that 247 to 249 area. So I'll lean on that a little bit more support. First thing, I mean, just slumping here at the lows of the pre-market session. So no one's stepping up to buy Spotify here at uh, 855. Yeah. Bunch of tickers from the chat. Trying to, sure. get, uh, trying to get to as many. One minute each. Let's go. Let's get yeah. five in. Five. Uh, we'll get five in. Okay. Um, I mean, Zoom. I don't know if you guys talk about this. Saw our rallies. Uh, Next. <laughs> Okay, that was this one's troll. Uh, we just go back and forth. I did that one two uh, seconds. How you doing? RKT, we're asking about this one all the time. Uh, it undercut its IPO price here. That's not good. You have one number that was seventeen fifty low. Uh, has to hold that. That was. I'm in it because of Raz. Um, this has been an awful stock. Raz's given us a lot of good picks though, so I'm not going to harp on him for having one bad one. Uh, at home, HOME, they had earnings today, and Eight. the numbers were or good. Oh no, it was just. 
Yeah, it was earnings, and they gave some guidance as well. What? What? A T H M. H O M E. H O M E. How did I mess that one up? Mm, numbers. Yeah, uh, guidance today. Double top uh, right now in the pre market. I call resistance twenty three and a quarter. That's it. Um, I saw someone lying through these. Go. Yeah, I saw someone mention Uber quickly. Uber. Seller rallies, major resistance up 36, 37. If this thing rallies, I'd sell it. Next, let's we'll go back and forth. We're not giving two opinions. Better hold 33. Better hold 33. Uh, here. PLTR. Oh, I like this one. I want to take this one because I actually like this stock. I buy a pullback on this one. There's not a lot of stocks I'd be buying pullbacks on. This is one. Uh, I, like, I like it that it's consolidated nicely. Wow. Um, lower, lower tens, I'm a buyer. Right there. And we were talked about the fifty percent retracement. It got over there nice. I somewhat you got to get rid of that guy at eleven. Two day guy or gal two days in a row uh, stopped at eleven. Uh, Joel, this is or or Dennis, whoever answers this. This is a tougher one, lower price one, but see if you can have a level. U U U triple U. This is a small a smaller one. It's moving up today. Uh, on I know heavy, nothing about these. Heavy, this is yeah. heavy volume, small cap. Uh, above our pay grade. This is just okay. $2. These penny stocks that take off on headlines, they usually end badly. So they, they, they go two, four, ten, And then when you look back, back on them six months, they're back to two. So you book the gains while you got them. Figured I would ask. what Jemai, I'm seeing JMI everywhere. So I'm just going to start cherry picking them here. Okay. Um, this Wasn't this Citron? Didn't he say 100 bucks? He's bullish. Yeah, I think he came out with a $100 price target there. I'd be a puller, buyer pullbacks, JMIA, just because Andrew left is bullish. Only reason. So is Gene. Gene talked about this one, too. 15. He... So if you get this on a pullback here on an ugly day today, this is one I would start looking at. Yeah, I see good uh, 15. I like this one. I wouldn't wow. sell it. No, no. Needs clear 20. I'll give you the upside there. 20 was a high, and then you just missed it before. So that's it. That's your next breakout in JMIA. What about Carvana? They report after the close today. No, oh, after the close, I thought it was this morning. Or maybe. It's, well, they're not out yet. So maybe. No. It's oh, no, it is after the close. I read it wrong. It's after the close. VNA. CV. Um, that's not tough. I'm not taking it into the re- I was actually long it last night. I oh, you got so night. lucky on that one, Dennis. On you did two. 235. Yeah, it's like that. the 25th lunch he owes me. Oh, know. my Lord. Look at that. <laughs> Man, I It's in one. the middle of nowhere and it's got earnings coming up. Ask us tomorrow. Yep, exactly. Pass. Well, all right. Um, let's do one more here. Neo, and it's make trying to make new highs in this tape. The stock is a monster. Um, I'm holding it and I'm holding on. And I love you the are. fact that's up a buck. I love the fact that the stock cannot make new lows. 25 would be my style. If it starts cutting up down through 25, then you probably got to hit the sell button. But man, as long as it's about 25, this stock looks like it wants to break out again. I think it's consolidation to go higher. I think if the market eventually turns, this stock's over 30. Uh, little Next. seller, little seller, 29, all time high, 29.40. Uh, I want to bring on our, our guest now. We, Dennis, okay. I know you've got. I'm staying. I'm staying. Today, but this is going to be a good one, I think. Uh, Mike Friends is his name. He is a listener of the show reached out to us because he actively trades the election, not just uh, in the stock market, but in the prediction markets. Mike, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Morning. Yeah, good to see you guys. Thanks for having me on. Uh, All right. So let's just start with this. I'll pull up uh, 
I'll pull up the site, predict it. Uh, cool. Why don't you sort of walk us through exactly, explain this market to us. Yeah, so you can buy and sell shares of, um, you know, like an unknown future event. So in this case, it would be the political elections. And uh, they're all what they're, the technical are binary options. So you're buying something that's, an, it's an options contract, but it's on a scale of zero to $1. So like zero cents to $1. So for example, right now you could buy, you know, if you think Biden's going to win, the offer right now is 65 cents. So if you buy one share of Biden for 65 cents and you just hold it until expiration, it would be worth $1. Uh, if Biden does not win, um, then it will be worth zero cents. And on the flip side of that bet, there's somebody who's, you know, taking the 35 cent risk to potentially make the 65 cents. Uh, but, you know, these are, these are options contracts, so you can buy and sell them. You don't have to wait until expiration. So, you know, you could buy at 65, sell at 70, sell at 66, uh, you know, however you want to do it. And that's more the game that I play is I'm, I'm not really buying these things to hold till expiration. I'm just trying to flip these things and buy them and sell them as, as fast as I can. How, how like liquid is this? Like, can you get in and out of this stuff pretty easy? Like I'm looking Biden 65 cents, Trump 40 cents here. And obviously it's moving around to a certain extent. Is it easy to get in and out of there within a penny? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, you know, some of the, the smaller stuff, like um, if you were going to like one of the lesser known Senate races or like, um, you know, they'll have markets on even like certain like counties, that stuff might have like a three, four or five cent spread sometimes. But these major markets, the, the spread is always going to be as small as possible, which is the one penny spread. So you can get in and out super easy. So are you like making markets here or are you buying and, and selling and playing? Books? Yeah, I, I, I do. Uh, I, I've got a lot of different strategies. I, I do do some making markets. Um, I would say that was kind of the first strategy I was successful with in these. Um, I started these back in 2011. So I really traded the full cycle of the 2012 Romney uh, Obama election. And I kind of started by, just by making markets. I've never traded before. Um, this is kind of how I got my start in trading. And uh, I would say it's gotten a little thicker, like just straight up making markets is a little bit harder than it used to be. So I, I've kind of got, you know, a basket of different strategies that I'll employ, but, you know, I'll, I'll make liquidity, I'll take liquidity. Um, and and I'm, I'm really just like hunting for inefficiencies just all day long. Um, there's a lot of different markets. There's a market for every state, every Senate race. Um, there's like a ton of markets. Uh, so I'm just like, looking for inefficiencies and, uh, you know, trying to stay more or less market neutral as I kind of do so. A uh, question here from uh, Luke Jacoby, who is uh, vice president of Benzinga. I, I told him uh, you're coming on, Mike. He wanted to join. He's very upset that he can't because he yeah. actually, he also uh, uses predicted. This is like his, his biggest hobby. Awesome. And, and he wanted me to ask you essentially if the max trade is $800, Mm -hmm. How can anyone make money? Yeah, so, and I can explain that a little bit too. So for any contract, the max you can put in, it's 850, right? So if I wanted to just go all in on Biden right now, I could spend $850 buying at 65 cents and that's it. But there's so many different markets that you can max out on all of those, right? Um, so, you know, you've got, 50 states, you've got the main markets, and then there's just markets on everything, you know? So for, for just for like some of the Trump ones, for example, there's a market for, you know, will Trump win the presidency? 
Will he resign during his first term? Will he resign by November 1st? Will he, um, you know, be convicted by the Senate? Uh, and um, not just will he resign, but will he finish his first term? Will he resign in his first term? And will he finish his first term? And I'd probably have three or four that I didn't even think of. So if you, you know, like when Trump got COVID, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of markets that you could jump into if you like thought he you know wasn't going to be in the race or something like that. So you add up all those markets and times about you know eight fifty, and it, it you can sink a lot of money into the website pretty easily. I want to go into a specific state. I just arbitrarily picked Florida because that's, okay, yeah, uh, that, that's a swing state. Uh, I guess we could do a, a, a candlestick chart or a line chart. I don't know what the best way to, to view this is, but this is a chart of, of Florida right now. Mm-hmm. I guess the Florida Electoral College. Uh, can you like explain exactly what what this is showing us, or or how you would approach this? Yeah. So okay. So the Florida one is a little funny because it's. Um, Okay, so in a lot of ways, this is like a lot of the other charts. So this is the third last three months. And the very first day on this chart is actually a really significant day because that was the day of the first debate. So um, Biden was at, so I mean, you can see where this is the, you've got the Trump line up there, right? So after the first debate, Trump drops, gets COVID, continues to drop, right? Is that the... So this is a 90-day chart right now. This is a three month. Oh, okay, yep, yep, yep. And actually, maybe go back to that 30 day chart even, okay. if you don't mind. Cool. Yep, this is a great chart to look at because you can see this Trump drop from the first debate and then he gets COVID and just continues to drop, continues to drop. And then, you know, about October 7th on here, it starts to climb back up. So what you can see there is that Biden had this really big bump after the debates and after Trump had COVID and then it kind of peaked and then started going the other direction. Now, Florida is a little bit more pronounced than a lot of the other states because Trump's just been doing maybe slightly better in some of the polls than in other states. So this one, you're going to see the Trump turnaround more than in most states. Um, But, uh, you know, and one thing I've kind of been doing looking at the stock market too is just comparing some of those like solar stocks or cannabis stocks to like this Biden rise and fall over the last 30 days because you had such a pronounced move from September 29th to really about October 7th or October 9th. And I've been even just seeing if, if that correlates with certain stocks in the stock market too. So I just want to add, Mike, that you're not affiliated in any way with Predict that you just- No, no not in any way, no. And, and I mean, to tell you the truth, there are other prediction markets too. This is by far the biggest one right now. Um, but a lot of these have popped up just in the last few months. There's a lot that use like cryptocurrencies. I mean, there's probably like seven or eight of these markets now. Um, most of them don't have nearly the liquidity um, that Predict it has. Um, or, you know, you have to jump into cryptocurrencies to use these things. And that's, you know, a little a little difficult on its own. But um, but uh, no, I'm in no way affiliated. With so like, what kind of commissions are there on this stuff? What do you mean? Like, are there training commissions? I mean, oh, conditions. I'm sorry. Um, commissions. commissions, commissions. Oh, commissions, commissions. Yeah, and the commissions are a, t- a little steep. So you are kind of hit twice. Any profits you make, they take what is it? It's um, they take ten percent of your profits, I believe. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, um, you know, it, and that's why, like, you'll see some inefficiencies in these things because you know, if you buy something at fifty cents and you're right you know, you're only going to make a cut of that 50 cents. And then when you withdraw money, they hit you with another, I think, 5%. Oh, 
Holy. So I'll, I'll, I'll oh, flip these shares so much that I can make it worth it. But if you're just going to jump in for the next week for the election, you know, you might just be scraping back your commissions. If you were oh, just hard to beat it with, they got, they got the edge right there. That's a huge house. Edge. No <laughs> yeah. profits. And on some of these other sites, they all have different um, commission structures. Some of them are a lot more favorable than others, but you know, some of them, I mean, you, you get into crypto stuff and uh, you know, sometimes the fees can be high just because of something like the ether gas price. Right. Um, which I, I don't follow stuff like that too much. I only know about it because of these prediction markets. But part of me suspects in, you know, like the next few years, there might be, this might become much more mainstream. You might have some, you know, a big drop in the commissions because, I mean, there's no reason that the commission should be this big. You know, it's almost because these guys kind of have a monopoly on it right now. Wow. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So th this isn't your first go around, right? I, uh, this isn't your first presidential election that, that you've traded? Correct. Sorry. Yeah. Uh yeah, I would say this is really my fourth go around. So I did 2012. I mean, it was in a, on a different site back then. It was called InTrade. Uh, traded the whole election cycle, you know, started like Thanksgiving the year before, traded the primaries, traded the election. Um, actually, just started with $10 in my account and kind of like built that. Um, and then the website got shut down by the SEC. And I think it was because they were doing something with like oils contracts, you know. So I, I was kind of like, well, that was fun. You know, like, too bad I'll never <laughs> do that again. And then... Did, did you get your money back? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did. Um, there was maybe a hot minute where I was a tiny bit worried about that, but they, they paid everybody out. Um, and then 2016 starts approaching, and this new site, Predict It, comes around, and they've got a no-action letter from the SEC. It's, it's more legit. Um, so 2016, I was pretty ready for it. You know, I started in about the summer of 2015 traded that whole cycle primaries, which the primaries are almost better than the general election in some ways because it's so spread out, um, but they're both great trading times. Then 2018 rolls around and the midterms were even bigger than I expected. So I traded the midterms real hard. And then this time around, I was very ready for it. So I've been trading this for, I, I'd say the election cycle has been the last 18 months as far as I'm concerned. So it's like, like, I guess what happens next week? Like what happens on Wednesday? Well, that's, that's a good question. I mean, in a normal universe, Wednesday would be, you know, kind of a slower day, you know, maybe Wednesday morning, there's like a few markets that are still open. Um, but this year, I mean, I, what I'd refer to is the market on what's going to happen. So there's a market on um, like when the results will be known, right? Uh, and there's about a, I believe right now, there's like a 30% chance that we'll know the election results on November 3rd. 35% chance we'll know on November 4th. So that's a solid like two to one odds we'll know within a day. But then the other one third, it just opens up. You know, there's like a 3% chance we'll know on the you know day after that, a 4% chance that, you know, and it really like there's a one third chance that this might go on for a while. And the final bracket is there's like a 10% chance that we won't know the results after, until after December 14th. So like, so there's a chance that keeps on going. Now, if we know the results on the night of November 3rd, you know, I'll, I'll get a good night's sleep come November 5th. Uh, but if we don't know the results, I, I don't really know quite what to expect. But I, I would expect that I will continue trading and the action should be, uh, should be pretty high. I mean, you, you trade other stuff, right? I mean, you, you mentioned that you trade some stocks. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So I, um, I just, I, I never really traded stocks before maybe two years ago, aside from like, you know, dabbling with my 401k and stuff like that. But 
you know, the, this election cycle is really like a fast and furious thing. You know, like next year, there's going to be like pretty much no action. Um, and, and I've actually been a high school economics teacher for the last 10 years. But I, I did leave teaching to trade full time this year. I've been doing stocks for about two years. Um, I still feel very much a beginner in, you know, the equities realm. Um, you know, I, part of me almost feels like I've been playing like Australian rules football for the last eight years. And now I'm trying to like move into the NFL or something like that. But, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm taking it slow. I'm getting the hang of it. Um, I, I'm learning, but I, I, I really love markets and I, I'm seeing if I can make the transition. But right now the focus is the political markets. For sure. do, you have, uh, do you have any automation? Any automated strategies or do you think I, that I don't, I am very untech savvy. Um, I did work with a former student of mine, like a former high school student, maybe two years ago to, de to design an algorithm that traded on this really obscure sports trading site. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm interested and I'm, I'm working with another former student right now. who's a real, real sharp kid to, you know, maybe automate some stuff in the stock market. But on predicted, I, I really actually looked deeply into automating stuff because I think my strategies could be automated. And I think I could, you know, work with somebody to automate that. But they scrape pretty hard for um, bots. They don't want bots on the site because it slows it down so much. And they have big issues with it getting slowed down. So um, I, I never threw an algorithm on the, on the site because I'm just afraid of getting kicked off. Like, I even really looked into, like, are they actually looking at this stuff? And I think they are. So I, I use pretty much no automation um, on, on predicted. And, and it's funny because I feel like it's different than a lot of markets in that way. I feel like it's probably more like what the stock market was in like 2005 or something like that, where it's just like tons of clicking, you know, it's just like human on human, you know, um, maybe there are some bots doing some more subtle stuff. I mean, I'm sure there are, you know, but as far as like executions and scraping and off the site, I, I don't think there's much, if any use of bots. Do you have like a do you have like a good story like a either a good you know a, something a losing story that you really learned from or um, a favorite trade that that worked? It sounds like you're just you're 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 not really going for the home runs. It sounds like you're just like a market maker and you're you know you're just trying you know buy the dip and sell the rip. But do you, yeah. do you have a situation where you know you got caught and some because I know when I, I when I was uh, active on uh, trade sports. Mm -hmm. Um, and you could trade like events while they were going on. Like if you were trading a basketball game or something and you had contracts for someone to win, you know, the NCAA finals or something, I mean, with a shot wet in the air, like all liquidity is gone, you know, and then oh, immediately yeah. it comes back. So do you have a, a story you'd like to share with us? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I've got a few that come to mind, but there's one from uh, the, the first year I was trading back in 2012. Um, when Super Tuesday hit, you know, like I'd kind of gotten my feet wet by then. I kind of knew what I was doing. And then Super Tuesday hits and there's like 10 states on the same day. And I'm just trading. It was really probably the first day where I just traded all day long, you know, just nonstop. And I'm just killing it. You know, I'm just like, I'm making, you know, probably more money in one day than I've ever made in one day. And I'm just feeling good about myself. And I'm like, I got to hit this as much as I can. And then that night comes and, uh, you know, they start, I, I just keep going you know, and they, they start announcing results. And I, I have never, I had never seen markets move like they moved in that, you know, 10 second period where they start just going, whoosh, you know, as results get announced and I'm getting caught with my pants down with, you know, open bids and offers out there. 
and you know, seeing a good amount of the day's profits go away, you know, 12 hours of work just gets half wiped out in like four seconds. And uh, you know, uh, education is expensive. Yeah. <laughs> I learned my lesson from that one. That's a good story. Yeah. Yeah, that, and that's a good lesson. Education is expensive. Yeah, I, I mean, I had no idea this market was, was as active uh, and and um, structured as it is. So, this, so this has been uh, eye opening for me. I hope, I hope our chat and our listeners have, have gotten a kick out of this because I've enjoyed this. Uh, and I guess we'll see what happens next week, uh, one way or the other. But, uh, Mike, friends, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. This has been, uh, like I said, an eye opening. Um, interview uh for for me uh so i appreciate it and uh good luck in your training i guess and you have to let us know we'll get them back on after the election yeah yeah, yeah. yeah i'd be happy to this has been a lot of fun guys I, huh? I uh i listen to you guys most mornings and uh this has just been this has been a blast to come on and you guys are the only podcast i'm really doing and i'm gonna go into a trading cave for the next week and see what happens Definitely want to know how, how things shake out for you in the next week. So I have to have you on after the election. Mike, thanks a lot for coming on today. Yep. Thanks, guys. Oh, thanks, man. Mike. All right. See, Dennis, I told you you would enjoy that. That's fine. You, you yeah. Did. Those commissions, though, I was like, holy <laughs> mackerel. I was like, I don't think I'm opening an account anytime soon if they're taking that kind of <laughs> yeah. juice on make you. some good money. Just some uh, juice there, Joel. Yeah. 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 The house, right? The house makes the money. But yeah. uh, we kept you super late, Triple D. Things yeah. have kind of calmed down here a little bit. Looked like we're going to have a green open. Any uh, any final comments? Sell the rep. Okay. <laughs> That's it. All right. Hit the like button if you like that interview. If you want more sort of offbeat stuff like that, because I really enjoyed that conversation. That was a lot of fun for me. Uh, thanks to our, our Mike, of course, and our other guest, Mark Chicken. We appreciate all the participation in our chat, the Benzinger Pro Chat, the Benzinger.com chat, and the YouTube chat. You can email us premarket at Benzinger.com. Please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes, not for investing or trading advice in the equities or presidential markets for that matter. Or anything. Or anything. <laughs> right. Everyone have a good day. Good luck out there. We'll be back with you in the afternoon.